lot of times people are like, man, I just wish everybody would think like me. I wish everybody would act like me. I wish everybody could perform like me. And sometimes that's where leaders get this mindset. They don't understand that if everybody thought like you, you wouldn't be a leader. You'd be just like everybody else. Glenn, thank you so much for making the time to join us, my man. Really appreciate it. Oh, man, dude, it's an honor to be here. I appreciate you uh, allowing me to join in with you and your peeps. Yeah, great to have you. And uh, I always like to ask this first question at the start of every podcast. If, Glenn, if I met you and we're at a party together and I've just been chatting to you and I just say, Glenn, what is it that you actually do? What's your, what's your go-to answer? I help leaders extract greatness out of their people. That's, that's, that's my jam. That that's what I do. So, um, you know, I, I have a show and I have podcasts and I have all these other things and I, and I do my best to help extract greatness out of people. But my real heart, passion, and soul is working with leaders in uh, different industries because the more we can get out of our pe- people, the more, uh, production, you know, and ultimately revenue and all of those other things come. So extract the greatness out of your people and you'll win every time. Awesome. I love that. Let's dive into that a little bit then. So for, for me, when I hear that, it's like extracting the greatness. Like, what does that mean? What does that look like? What's the, how, how do I, if I'm a leader and I've got a team, how do I even start thinking about doing that? Well, see, every human being has these unique gifts and abilities that are, that are only theirs. And they're all pieces of this huge puzzle, right? We've got this puzzle and I know a lot of times people are like, man, I just wish everybody would think like me. I wish everybody would act like me. I wish everybody could perform like me. And sometimes that's where leaders get this mindset that they don't understand that if everybody thought like you, you wouldn't be a leader. You'd be just like everybody else. It is the mixture and the differences and the uniqueness of all of our different people that make, that's what makes the puzzle beautiful, right? When we put all the pieces together specifically in in the right way, using strategic thinking, and we put people in the right place, now we can create a beautiful picture. So knowing and understanding that people have those unique gifts, if we can feed those gifts, connect with people, understand who they are, put them in the right seats, dissect their personalities, now we can lead them. We can listen, encourage, advise, and develop. That's my acronym for lead, listen, encourage, advise, and develop. And we can do that in a way where we can now extract that greatness because everybody's got greatness in them. Everybody, they just might not know it. Or maybe somebody beat them down for years, or maybe they're just in the right seat or like in the wrong seat. So they're not able to display their greatness. So we like to dive in, listen, encourage, advise, and develop, extract that greatness and just bring out the best in people. Awesome. I love that. And how often do you find that for a lot of people? Let's just say that some of those goes, okay, I've got a team and they do okay. I wouldn't say that necessarily anyone's exuding greatness. How often is it something where they need to basically really focus on that development and that lead acronym? Or how often is it sometimes that like the people are in the wrong seat on the bus? Like what's the the normal kind of split on this? Because I think sometimes it seems to me that a lot of people have people there and it's like they there's sometimes there needs to be that big organizational reshuffle, right? To get people in the right areas. What's what's your experience been with that? Yeah, no doubt. I think you'll find people in the wrong seat you know, more times than, than we'd like to admit. Uh, a lot of times when we go to hiring or we're bringing people on on a team, we're trying to fill a spot, right? And normally it's reactive. We're like, oh, we need, 
Therefore, let's go get. And when we do that, we ultimately end up grabbing the warmest, friendliest, maybe more seemingly intelligent or whoever we connected with in the interview. We tend to grab that person and fill that void. And so what I suggest to leaders is we need to be a little bit more proactive versus reactive. Let's start looking far into the future and what type of person do we need in each role as we grow and develop. And let's start to cultivate and find and look and seek and spend some time to actually get the right person in the right seat right from the gate. That way we don't have this whole company of, and you know, we don't have to do this organizational restructure. Instead, we can start developing from the get-go, get them in the right seat and grow them. On the other side of that, though, you do have what I call the standard of average. So human beings, it's safe, right? We know this, that there's a reason that 80% of the population is in the middle class because it's safe to be there. And then you have some that fall off on the bottom and that's not a safe place to be below the average. And even being above average is not a safe place to be because as soon as you start to stand out, now you expose yourself, you're under fire. It's a dangerous place, right? Like people start to, I mean, look at Trump or um, any, any of these leaders, Bill Gates or any of these guys, when you step out and really lead, <laughs> dude, people start to pick you apart. It's dangerous. So every organization is going to have a standard of average that 80% of their people are going to fall into that standard. The key is instead of trying to get each individual person to step up and become great or a leader, the key is how do we take this whole group and raise the standard of average? So now we make it safe for people to perform at a higher level. And that takes a process of culture and cultivation and you know, different processes and strategies to raise the standard of average in your business. And then the people will rise with it. That's awesome. I love that. And uh, now, so we're filming or recording this pretty much in the midst of the global pandemic, whatever we want to kind of call it, that's going on at the moment. How are you finding people's ability to transition their leadership from, and I'm assuming um, from from my experience, knowing what your experience is, is a lot of it is cool, I've got people, I'm in a build, we're in a building together, we're working together. How are you seeing people transition their leadership from in-person, face-to-face to really what's got to be now online and uh, sometimes faceless? Like, How have you seen and managed that transition for a lot of your clients? Well, I, I, I've seen a lot of them fail miserably at it. And then I've seen, and then I've seen a few that have really shined. And the difference between the two is the ones that have really shined made a commitment in the beginning to communicate clearly, effectively, and frequently with their people. There is so much stuff, right? You got, is is this real? Is this not real? You got fake news. You got real news. You're getting blasted with this. And you got governors, you got presidents, you've got all of this stuff, right? And so people don't know what the hell is going on. Am I getting laid off? Am I not getting laid off? Am I getting money? Am I not getting money? They don't freaking know. And so their anxiety levels, all time high fears at an all time high. And so the great leaders that I'm working with, the great leaders, the ones that I see, what they've been able to do is immediately go, okay, Everyone is looking for someone to make decisions for them. I am going to be that person. They're going to know that I have their well-being. It is it, it is first and foremost. And I am going to tell them, literally tell them what to do, which is what people want right now. They're like, just tell me what to do. 
I don't even know what to do. And so they're using Zoom calls twice a day. Once in the morning, everybody gets on a Zoom. How you doing? How you doing? How you doing? Here's what's going on. Here's where we're at in the loan process. Here's where we're at in the layoff process. Then at the end of the day, hey, here's what we did. Here's what we changed. Here's the new process. Here's what's effective. Here's what didn't work. Here's what did work, you know, so on and so forth. And so they're communicating twice a day via Zoom face to face so that you can still see you know, all of the body language and so on and so forth. And those leaders, their organizations are thriving. The ones on the other side that are maybe sending a text message every four days to check in, their people are dropping like flies, man, because they, mm. they, they, there's just too much fear. They just don't understand what's going on. Mm, that's so true. And the the guys that are doing really well, when you said the, the two calls a day and things like that, how, how often were they beforehand, though, connecting with their team? Like, how often would they have, like, an all-hands team meeting uh, prior to that? Not, not at this level. No, nowhere, nowhere near this level. Um, so the communication in their organization was better. They, they, had, they had decent culture. Um, it was kind of a trickle-down type communication, right? It would mm-hmm. come from the top and then to the next leader and then, you know, so on and so forth. Got kind of telephone style where there was still lots of room for errors and mistakes, whereas now they're going directly from the top to the bottom, face-to-face, this is what we're doing, this is why it's happening, so on and so forth. And I think that's something they will continue to do moving forward now that they've seen the effectiveness of being able to communicate with their people that way. Yeah, that was going to be my question is like, do you think that for those that are doing well and understanding the benefit, do you think it's going to kind of become a new normal afterwards where maybe not the twice a day, but at least once a day, bringing the whole team to- together? Because for me, I've only ever done it like that. And just because we've had teams um, internationally. So it's like, we've we've kind of always had to check in. And I just don't trust myself to not to not speak to someone and see how they're going throughout the day. Because I'm like, I have no idea what else to- questions to ask them. So I need to at least see, that, see them once during the day. Um, yeah, so do you think that is going to become almost like a, a kind of a, a minimum standard for a lot of p- companies now going forward is to, to have that high level of communication? Yeah, I, th- I think so. One of the things whenever I start working with uh, a client and their team, the first thing I do is we put in place a daily morning meeting, right? You've got to meet every single morning. It's got to be short. It's got to be effective. We listen, we encourage, we advise and develop. And that, that's one of the things we do. A lot of my clients listen to me. Some of my clients are like, hey, well, you know, we'll do it every other, so on and so forth. Now my guess is they're all going to be doing it. <laughs> so this has been an incredible motivating factor for a lot of people to really get their stuff together uh, and understand like, okay, this isn't going to be as easy as it used to be. We really need to get in here. We got to get dialed. We got to get to work. And what's been your, like, if we could look at, into like the general marketplace now and, and what people are looking at. How how much importance are you seeing over in the US of people putting attention towards their people, their leadership? Obviously, it's easy for people that you work with because you can be like, guys, you need to focus on this. This is what you've got to do. But for, for companies, like, what do you think is that sort of like the general kind of temperature check for companies over there? Are they are people realizing that or are, what's, are people putting their head in the sand as to what's happening and then not really kind of thinking about? Because obviously, there's the short-term solution, which might just be bury your head in the sand and hope that the government gives you some money. Then there's long-term being like, how do I keep my team engaged throughout this whole process so that when we return to whatever the new normal is, that we can hit the ground running? Yeah, I I would say regretfully, the majority of the businesses are being very reactive right now. They're just reacting. They're making the moves. They're worried about the dollars. They're worried about the sins. They're worried about, um, I don't want to say selfish intentions, but 
we and we do have to focus on the business. I totally get that, but your business is made up of people, and we can't forget the people through this entire process. And regretfully, I do see a lot of I wouldn't call them leaders, but people that are in leadership positions. I do see a lot of that in business owners where they're just they're just, and it's not necessarily their fault. They just don't know any better, and so. They're like, okay, I'm just going to do this for now because this is what will fix this right now. And a week from now, I'll do something else. And a week from then, I'll do something else. And those are the ones that are going to really struggle. If this thing drags out longer than they anticipate, if the economic impact drags out longer than they anticipate, it's those people in those positions that are going to really struggle. You've got to make moves right now that are going to ultimately impact you in the long game. Right now, it's all about the long game. What moves can I make? What people are essential to, to not essential as far as their position, but essential in the growth of my business in the future? And how do I make sure those people are not scared, are not afraid and know that they are going to be okay? Because I don't want them jumping ship. I don't want them leaving. I don't want them. I don't want to lose trust. All the things that we've been wor working on. So, you know, the, we, it, it, it's a long term mindset that's going to win this game. Yeah, hundred percent. And for the people, like you mentioned, there obviously they're they're in leadership positions, but maybe they're not actually leaders. They're not leading effectively. Like if someone's listening to this, and maybe they've got a little bit of you know self um, appreciation and reflection, can go look. I'm, I'm maybe in one of those positions, but I'm not. I know that I maybe I am just making those reactive, short term, right now kind of actions. What's the first thing that they should be looking at doing to improve their leadership? Um, for now and into the future like what's some of the things if they're going look i probably am not leading the best in the best way that i should what's some of the a couple of like little key takeaways that they should be implementing straight away to to kind of optimize and improve that uh, step one is you gotta you gotta invest in yourself man in whatever area that you're weak i mean if you're in a leadership position and you're not reading books on leadership you got a problem if you're in a leadership position, you're not watching videos on leadership, you got a problem. You're not going to conferences and events on leadership, you got a problem. You're not watching videos from leaders like John Maxwell, uh, Eric Thomas Les Brown, all of these different number ones in all of their different positions. If you're not doing that, we got a problem. Step one is you must raise your leadership lid. John Maxwell talks about this. We all have a leadership lid and our people can only grow up to our leadership level. So if I'm a if I'm a six on a scale of one to ten, my people can only go to a five. There's nothing else they can do about it. I have to invest in myself and raise myself to a seven, raise myself to an eight, and then my team can rise with me. So the answer is is really simple. Invest in yourself now. Don't think you know it all. Don't think you have all the answers. Invest in yourself. Educate yourself. Learn and grow. Awesome. I love that. And obviously, you're giving a couple of good names there for people to go and watch for sure. What would be uh, your top, you know, two or three um, then leadership books as well? If someone's like, okay, cool, I can watch these guys on YouTube. What should what should they go and grab? What's kind of your like your essential reading book list? Well, the first book that they need to read right now that's like that's that's more current and relevant than some of the old, the older ones. Not that those are less relevant, but the first one they need to read is is Simon Sinek Infinite Game. So he released a book, I guess, about a year ago or so, called Infinite Game, that really talks about shifting this mindset to making decisions that are going to affect you in the long run, the compound interest type decisions, not the thirty day, 
not the short term. How do we build this thing over an incredibly long period of time? There is no finish line in the game of business. So quit acting like there is. I don't care about the quarter. I don't care about the month. I don't care about the year. I'm trying to build something that's going to last forever, infinite, right? And so that would be the first one that I would go to. I would also go to uh, John Maxwell, the uh, irrefutable laws of leadership. So I think it's 21, the, the 21 irrefutable laws of leadership. That book practically in a very practical way, breaks down 21 different laws that you can apply right now. You can read that book in, in maybe two days and you can apply them right now in your leadership position um, and, and rock and roll with that. The third one that I would probably recommend, there's a lot that come to mind, um, but the third one that I would probably recommend at this point in this season would be As a Man Thinketh. And it's an, it's an old, 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 old book. It's an oldie, but a goodie, but it's really like the grandfather of all self-development. And it's about getting that mindset right, focusing on the right things, because what you think about is ultimately what you're going to produce in your life. So that would be my, my list for today. Awesome. I love those. I love those. That's great. Now, I always like to kind of, as we get to, to the awards, the end of our time together is to ask one question, same question to everyone, which is. What's a question that I didn't ask you today that I should have? <laughs> oh man, what's a question that you didn't ask me today that you should have? You probably should have asked me how people handle the struggle that everyone is going through right now. You probably should have asked me that. Because I am an absolute expert at struggling. <laughs> <laughs> I've done it my entire life. I've struggled and struggled and struggled. I've been homeless. I've been in jail. I've been all of those things. And so I'm an expert in struggle. And one thing I've learned in life, I also have seven kids and I've watched them go through these processes too. But one thing that I learned is that there is no growth without struggle. And usually there's no struggle without change. So we have this process of change, struggle, grow, and then success is right on the other side of growth. I see it in my kids when this, this is from the time that you're born, when you're a baby, you just lay there. You're like, ooh, ooh God, God, you don't care about anything. You poop, you pee, you eat, as then you're good, right? You cry. It's all a baby does for a while. And then something changes mentally. That baby says, wait a minute. I want to roll over. I want to be mobile. I don't want to wait on Kim to come pick me up. I want to be able to do this on my own. So once there's the change, it's always followed by a process of struggle. You see the baby start to punch its arms out. It starts to kick its legs. It starts to coo and make noises with its throat. And through that struggle, it develops the muscles. It de develops the coordination that is necessary. And ultimately that baby will roll over, right? So we had a change, then we had struggle, the muscles grew, now we have success. Then what happens? Another change, the baby's like, okay, that's cool, I can roll over, but now I want to crawl. They go through the process again. Once they're crawling, now I want to walk. We go through this process our entire life, forever, until the day that we die. Change, struggle, grow, succeed. So I just want to ask you, what season are you in? And once you can identify what season you are in, you can know what to expect going forward. So if you're in a season of change, well, then you better expect some struggle. It's going to, 
happen. Be ready for it. Just be prepared. Don't be like, why me? I don't understand. It's such a struggle. I don't, I don't want it to be like this. Don't do that. Look, if you're trying to change, you're going to have to struggle, period. But know that that struggle is going to lead to your growth. So if you're in a season of struggle right now, you're like, man, I'm really freaking struggling. Great. Great. That means you're growing. That means you're growing. Don't look at it and say, why me? Look at it and say, oh man, this is, this is incredible. I'm so thankful for this opportunity for growth. Then if you're in a period where you're just really growing, you see yourself developing mentally, spiritually, physically, you're experiencing all of those different areas of growth. Know that success is just on the other side. Don't give up. Don't stop. Don't quit. There's no finish line. Keep on rolling. And once you hit that success, guess what? Change is right around the corner. You're going to do it all over again. I love that. I love that. That's a, a, a perfect way to kind of finish up with the uh, the podcast today as well. So, Glenn, so if anyone's listened to this and they've gone, okay, cool. I want to I wanna find out more. I want to know more about what you're up to. What's the best way for them to be able to connect with you? Yeah, just go to glennlundy.com. And when you go there, it connects you to all my Facebooks, my Instagrams, my all of that stuff. There's videos on there, uh, my show that I do every day. I've got a morning show that I do. All of those connections are at glennlundy.com. Awesome, guys. So wherever you're listening to this or watching this video, wherever you are, um, we'll put it in the show notes or click through to the site and you can see it in the show notes there. And we'll have all of the links to Glenn there for you guys to be able to click and uh, check him out. So Glenn, again, thank you so much, my man, for making the time. Really appreciate you joining us today. Yeah, you bet, man. I appreciate you having me on.